We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather, the Turbul people of Yagra land, as well as the Woiwurrung people of the Warundjiji land. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We respect all Turbul and Woiwurrung elders and ancestors and any First Nations people here today. I can't take it anymore! Good afternoon, good evening, good day and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to the new Blurt. You absolutely are listening to the new Blurt. Hi, I'm Keely. Tonight I'm coming to you from a wintry country, the Kulin Nation, the Wurrung people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been and always will be Aboriginal land. Um, if this is the first time you've joined us on the new Blurt, hello to you. Thank you for joining us, stumbling across this uh, podcast or uh, podcast if you're listening. Um, the YouTubes or something like that. Um, tonight we're going to talk about uh, good news and uh, we're also going to talk, have a segment called Across the Dutch, which is all about what's happening in New Zealand. We've got some interesting, funny sort of things that are happening in New Zealand. So over to you, Wensai. Uh, hello, hello. I'm coming to you from the stolen lands of the Jagra and Turbul people. Sovereignty was never ceded. I pay my respects to the Jagra and Turbul elders, past, present and emerging Hey, Kexter. Welcome back oh, to Australia. Yes. yes, yes. Well, it has been a little bit of a um, a little bit of a tete-a-tete over there in uh, uh, Kiwi, Ooh. which which yeah. is quite apt considering we are doing a bit of across the Dutch um, tonight, which has nothing to do with my across the Dutch experience, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, um, it'll be it should be fun. It should be good. Um, you had a, you had a good time there. I take it. You went to a wedding, I believe it was. Yeah, it was it was awesome actually. I went to my niece's wedding, and um, it was interesting because I got there on a Thursday, and I got uh, hired the car, etc. And I stopped using the wipers Friday lunchtime. <laughs> nice. So full it days. Was, it was just teeming the whole time. And, wow. and I don't know if, if you've ever driven in New Zealand roads at night on <laughs> freeway in a car you're it's not scary. used to, it's, it, was, it really honestly was a bit scary, it's got to be said, because they, uh, the way that <laughs> the roads are so, are so much that if you take one wrong turn, you are driving mm. like probably another half an hour to an hour to get back onto where you were before. It's really going to wow. take you a long way out of your way. Yeah, it is. It's and and the block. other thing was around the block. Right, yes, yes, yes. It is a very big. Block. <laughs> it is very big. And and the other thing is that be, the way that some of their the their roads work, the GPS will say you can go straight here, go straight, go straight, go straight. So you go straight, you do what the GPS says, and then you get to the end of the road, and what the GPS didn't tell you because it didn't know is that it's split into two and there's one way there's one way to go left and there's one way to go right that's it and you're like right. oh right so what happens if i want to go straight and you're like okay so i need to be in that lane and the gps is just totally confused it does not know and um it's oh, dear. it's, it's Oh, it's a fun place to drive. Honestly, it really is a fun place to drive. And also, so much roadworks because, as you know, they had uh, floods, uh, really, uh, uh, yeah, floods early in the year. And, and where oh. they had those floods, very much up in the area where the wedding was. Right. So they were getting even more rain than they already had. And so mm. it, was, it, was, it was phenomenal. It's just, I don't know if you've ever watched many series or kiwi movies etc but what you'll always see or even a kiwi ad or something what mm. you'll always see because obviously they take the piss out of themselves all the time is temporary traffic lights there's oh, okay those those little ones that are on the side of the road correct yeah. correct and that is because they are everywhere and um <laughs> When I was when I was driving there, it was just like there was cones up everywhere. There was, you know, just it's just phenomenal, and and it's really interesting too because like you know mm. you're you're doing the speed limit it tells you to do, and then you got some joker behind you that is 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 trying to get you to go a bit quicker, and you're like, well, I've got cones to the right of me and cones to the left of me. 
sorry, buddy. You are just staying where you are. Yeah, no, interesting experience driving over there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, also, the other thing I hadn't told you is on the actual day of the wedding, mm. um, because of where they got married, they got married outside. Which they so, would have been quite nervous going, oh, my God, when is it going to stop raining? And it did stop. And it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful where they got married. It was really, really lovely. And it did stop raining. But obviously, although it stopped raining, it doesn't mean that the ground is dry. Yeah. True. Because it had so much rain. Like before we got there, it's, so... it's been raining mm. for a yeah, it's been raining yeah. for a week. So wow. they put they put all these chairs out where we were sitting for the wedding. Mm. And as soon as you sat in a chair, your chair sunk into the mud. <laughs> oh, I can't see the uh, the wedding uh, couple now. It's just <laughs> by by about an inch on each chair leg. And it was quite funny. Oh, you'd dear. sit in the chair and you'd see someone sit in a chair before you and you'd just see the chair just go. <sighs> and, uh, wow. and yeah. And so anyway, that's, that's, that's where the, um, uh, that's where the uh, bride got married. And um, she looked beautiful when she was getting married. I mean, she still looked pretty good afterwards, but <laughs> where we, um, where we had the reception, all of that area was waterlogged as well. As well, geez. <laughs> so, and all these girls with these lovely dresses on and all this sort of stuff. You can just imagine, right? So you've got flowing dresses mm. and you've got wet ground. And, and probably mud. Oh, mud. yeah. 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 There was a lot of mud. So, so that mud. white dress ended up being a bit brown at the bottom? <laughs> a bit is an understatement. <laughs> okay. A bit, and, it's, and it was beautiful. Um, the dress, my, my my sister was gutted because it was custom made. Um, you know, oh, yeah. it, was it was beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful dress. It really was. Mm. Any other no was looking at it would just go, "You've got to be kidding! I can't believe you did that to a dress." But she was just mm. like, she loved it too. But she had to get over it because she knew she couldn't yeah. change it. So. Oh, exactly. Well, you can't beat the elements outside. No, so. couldn't change the weather. Couldn't change the weather. Yeah. But but again, that was really interesting too because you'd sit in your chair and uh, you'd be having your meal and then all of a sudden you were an inch shorter than you were a second ago. <laughs> so you look like <laughs> roof wrecked from bloody um, dirty rotten scoundrels. That's right. Just... <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. You got your head almost on the table trying to eat some food. It was, uh, it was, yeah. No, look, it, it was a beautiful wedding though. It was, it was fun. It was good. It was great to see the people, and um, yeah, now they were good people, and um, yeah. So all in all, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. And I guess uh, the main thing is that the uh, the nuptials had a good day and said yes. what they had to say and did what they had to do they and did. had their family and friends. That's the main they thing. Did. They did indeed, and uh, yeah, it's definitely a memorable occasion. So, um, but oh, I yeah. heard that when I was over there having a memorable occasion, when I when I came back, you have had a couple of memorable occasions, I believe. Yes, last Friday I found out that my no, okay. First, the first thing was Thursday evening we found out that tickets were about to go on resale the next day, and. We went for it, and the tickets that we finally got were Tay Tay, good old Taylor Swift. So we were bitterly disappointed back in June, I think it was, when I was in Melbourne, my family were up here in Brisbane, and we're all trying to get the tickets, competing with tens of thousands of others or hundreds in Australia, and we didn't get the tickets then. But this time, we got three tickets. Where's the camera? There, three tickets. Even Albo was trying to get tickets. He couldn't get tickets. How did was you he? get tickets this uh, time? Yeah. I don't know. If I had have got four, I would have invited him if I'd have known that. <laughs> um, you, you're talking about um, uh, Tay-Tay as such. I've got um, yes. a little bit on that. It will move in quite nicely. Cool. So if you just bear with me for half a second. Or a startup company unto itself, literally demand overwhelming Ticketmaster and stadiums, an estimated $5 billion Swifty impact on the economy. 
and she's got her own movie from the tour coming. We're talking about numbers that outstrip the production of some entire nations. And that actually makes sense when you realize Swift has built a fan base in the many hundreds of millions. That's larger than the populations of many countries. And this movement or group of fans is united around very specific things. Of course, Swift's artistry and talent, but also a bundle of issues that she has come to represent as she has evolved her power and reach over time. And while we're not going to encapsulate all of it here on this newscast, some of those issues include authentic emotional passion, outspoken feminism, a fierce rejection of the boxes and limits that society tries to put on artists and specifically on many women, and a willingness to clash with both stereotypes and these corporate systems. In fact, today's congressional scrutiny of Ticketmaster comes amidst Taylor's larger battles with streaming companies, treatments of artists. She famously and pretty politely took on Apple and won, or her infamous clash with investors who bought up her music, Swift arguing against capitalist precedents, even if they were technically legal, because sometimes what's legal is still unfair. She even, of course, famously re-recorded her tracks to try to empower fans to basically vote, make their own choice about which legal systems they wanted to be a part of. Swift releasing six new and re-recorded albums since 2020 alone. Now, today's hearing, like this weekend's NFL game, marks... So I think that's pretty um, <clears throat> compelling mm. um, of what uh, sort of artist she is. So the fact mm. that you could uh, get some tickets, done a very, very good job. Yeah, I'm very. We are very happy. So we, uh, so the whole family is off to Sydney next year, late February, and Kim, Elijah, and myself will be there chanting and singing and dancing. Maybe I don't know. Exchanging I, I um, never, I never, with bands. I never, I never realised you were a, you were a Swifty. I didn't know that. I did not know that. I classify myself as a Swifty ally. Ah, uh, Swifty ally, nice. I'm an okay. ally. Yes. Actually, um, that uh, brings us nicely into the fact that I believe it's Trans Awareness Week. That is absolutely right. Um, Talking about allies and um, as such. So uh, it is Trans Awareness Week. Um, and here's the website for anyone who is interested, tdor.org.au, um, which stands for Trans... What's that, sorry? We'll have that in the show notes as we always do. Absolutely right. Um, so this week is Trans Awareness Week. What does it? Uh, what's it entail? What's it for? It's to um, bring awareness to the plight of uh, trans kids, trans people, um, who often struggle to fit into society because they're not understood. Um, and we've had the gay rights, the lesbian um, um, uh, issues come to light over decades. Um, and I think we've matured to understand all of that. But there's a lot of um, misunderstanding with trans and what, what that means for, for people who live it. As I've mentioned a few times before, my oldest Elijah is trans. So we celebrate as much as we can and we're open about it with anyone and everyone that we meet. Um, because there's nothing to be scared of. Um, the, just like, just like um, the uh, the gay the gay right uh, the gay marriage uh, plebiscite we had a few years ago. Uh, nothing changed after that. And when you meet someone who's trans, it's not going to change um, your your life. Uh, if anything, it's going to improve it because you're just going to meet someone else who is just as awesome as you and your your friends. So. Uh, yeah, so that's what this week is all about. It's just about, um, yeah, just um, figuring out that there's nothing wrong about being trans. They're just like you and I. We're all humans. We can all live together peacefully and respectfully. So, yeah, that's what we want to do this week. Not hearing you there, Kegster, if you're talking. Lost you there for a moment. Having a little bit of technical is issues here. Oh, oh, that's better. Now we got is back. That, is that better? Oh, we got him back, yes. All right. You said there was echo before. Is there echo now? Uh, no, it's a lot clearer now. Oh, that's good. Okay. We'll just uh, stick with that at the moment then. Yeah. Just let me yeah, know so, if that's all right. Yep, all good. Okay, cool. Uh, excellent. 
sorry about that. <laughs> We're just having yep. fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Absolutely. And yeah. I 100% endorse uh, that because it talks about Remembrance Day as well for trans that have lost their lives. I imagine right. just uh, it's, it's that. Is that just in general or in, you know, sort of fighting the cause or? They are uh, statistically more um, likely to commit suicide, self-harm and things like that compared to the general population and even gay and lesbian. It's a lot higher than, than, yeah, people who are gay and lesbian. So, yeah, so it's it's pretty tough for them. Yeah, yeah, no, it it absolutely is because... um, you know, it should just be live and let live. Uh, easy as that, you know. Um, That's right. It's, it's interesting. I see more and more. They they were born a, born a guy. They're probably a them now, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of in Melbourne, you know, in uh, sort of in in dresses and those sort of things, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just becoming, yeah, it's just becoming common all the time uh, through Melbourne. You see it. uh, mm. uh and it's great because, I mean, probably 10 years ago, I imagine, you know, there might have been, you know, eyelids battered and this sort of stuff. But now it just seems to be mm. part of society, which is good because yeah. that's how I'd that's like it should to be. be. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. 100%. We should, 100%. So. Does, doesn't matter where you're from, what you believe in. We should just no. accept people for that, what they are, who they are. Just be happy. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. So... But actually, talking about accepting people for who they are, you had some word on SAGWatch, i.e. the Screen Actors Guild um, strike. Yes. Correct. I think it's so, good news, I believe. I believe it's good news. It is, it is very good news. So in the last, um, since we've been off air, uh, the Hollywood actors have come to an agreement with the studios in a multi-billion dollar agreement where they will get um, extra royalties, um, AI will be controlled, and obviously um, actors' images won't be used for AI purposes and things like that. So similar to the um, screenwriters agreement uh, a few weeks before that, everyone's now happy, signed the dotted on the dotted line, and we've got all the actors, all the screenwriters and directors all playing together happily again and um yeah studios are back to 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 the usual machine of creating content movies tv shows um so yeah we're all we're all back back together again so that is a very good news so all those movies i've talked about in the past i can't remember all of them now they're all going to come back into production so that is very very good news and um yeah so i'm not sure if anyone can see right now but we have some technical issues and we've lost um our host the kegster who i assume will join us very soon yeah so what else can i say about the actors strike so it was a nearly three or four month uh, strike that they were on after they joined the screenwriters and the last time the actors had striked was back in the 60s. So it had been a very long time since they striked. And he's back. Just like the actors, the Hollywood actors, they're all back. Yes. So I was just telling the the listener and viewers out there that the Hollywood strike is over. But at the same time, just because they're back here in well, Hollywood, they're back in Hollywood doesn't mean that the Australian actors, for example, and screenwriters get the same deal. So um, that deal only relates to Hollywood actors. So when they come to Australia, they fall under the American or the Hollywood contracts, but Australian actors don't fall under that. So um, they don't see any benefit or they don't get the same benefits as Hollywood actors. So there's still a fight here in Australia to get similar outcomes with AI and, and other other issues. So maybe we need to keep an eye on that over the next few weeks and see if they can push through and get their own deals here in Australia as well. So that'll be something you, to watch out you, for. Are you saying that the Australian actors here will not have the same rights over their own IP of of their own acting sort of... Um, Pretty much, yeah. As the Americans do. They, they won't have the same... That's right, because our studios here fall under don't fall under the American or the Hollywood contracts, so they've got their own separate contracts here. So unless you're someone like Banner or uh, Nicole Kidman, any other Australian actor who is under a Hollywood contract, if you're if you act here in Australia, 
yeah, it's totally different. So you, you won't get the same benefits. So there's still a, a struggle here. We'll have to keep an eye on that one, I think. I think we will definitely keep an eye on that one. Um, absolutely. Because, um, I mean, you and I are sort of big, big, big fans of AI to a certain extent, but when it comes to taking over people's lives, et cetera. So. Oh, exactly. Um, Even for um, Elijah, who's into being very creative and likes drawing and, and painting and things like that, they're afraid of AI taking over their jobs because we've seen programs that can, you can say, right, paint me, dog, country, car, and then you get some sort of AI-generated piece of artwork. So you've just taken the human out of artwork. So, yeah, it's good and bad. Yeah, we'll see what happens out of that uh, over the next few years and decades. Yeah, no, no, it definitely is a bit... It, it, yeah, it's definitely got a, a scary component to it. So don't about it. Mm. Talking about a scary component, everything at the moment, everything just seems a bit slow. <laughs> uh the story of my life this week it issues <laughs> yeah and of course we can't forget about optus early almost a week ago oh yes they, well, they, i can't believe they, we didn't even they... talk about it <laughs> didn't even talk i know about that's why i had to bring it up world. talking about tech issues what oh, a major my cluster. god and that <laughs> was but you know the funny hilarious thing about that was that they're trying to get mm. in touch with the ceo and they're getting the same response from the CEO as anyone who's on Optus does when they actually ring up and try to get help. Sorry, we're trying to do our best at the moment. Can't get to you. Uh. What's What's really funny when, is um, I I heard on the grapevine from people in the know, yeah, 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 um, yeah. that they the reason why it took them so long was to to restore services was because they had to contact humans to physically go out to locations to reboot they couldn't because they had optus mobiles so they couldn't ah. reach them like and, they, ah. and they, their call centers ah. run off optus landlines of so they, they couldn't reach yes. anyone <laughs> so it was just a, well, a cascade of events it was just funny this is this is what happens when it's when singapore owns one of your biggest networks Mm. This is what happens, and you don't have um, resilience, and you need redundancy yep. and many other yep. fail-safe yep. procedures. Yep, yep. Um, you know, um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not in favour of uh, other countries owning such massive networks that we depend on. Mm. I'm really not. Yeah, because you know the other country doesn't even care, really, to a certain extent. Mm. It doesn't affect them. So yeah. you know, I bet you Singapore's uh, networks don't go down. No, probably not. Just um, saying, they have, so. probably have better service than what we do. But yeah, oh, I'm sure they do. Country. I'm sure they do. Yeah, true, true. Right now, try this again. Eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes to win the election. Fellas, I need eleven thousand votes. Losers only. It's Trumpa. China. Yes. Absolutely losers only. Um, so as you probably know, Trump is just doing his scone at the moment. He's just gone full ball wacko. I mean, we know he's a bit of a nut job, but he has gone completely mm. nuts. And I don't know if it's because his sister just died. I'm not sure. Any people out there, his older sister just died. Mary Barry. You know, Barry. Who, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think it's Marianne uh, yeah. Trump Barry. I think that's right. And she was uh, Trump's sister. She died at 86. Now, I haven't heard him talk about that at all. Uh, all I've heard is him um, talk about the opposition as vermin and <laughs> wanting to set up camps in America. As I say, he's just, he's just gone. He's off the dial. He's completely off the dial. And that is exactly... Just unleashed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that is exactly the same opinion that his judges are having at the moment. So this uh, one I'm talking about tonight is his uh, New York business fraud trial. And all of the, all of the families, um, uh, Ivanka Trump, whatever the other dickhead's name is, the, uh, the Trump family... <laughs> Um, Isn't that Donald Jr.? Oh, I don't know what Donald Duck. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the th the thing is that 
they've all um, testified now. And, um, yeah, basically everything. I mean, the thing with this case, the, the, the most interesting and the sort of inconsequential thing about this case is they've already been felt guilty. They've already been found mm. guilty. All they're doing is working out how much money or if um, Orange Head will be allowed to organ, uh, organise his business in New York ever again. That's all they are finding out. So it's how big the punitive damages are. Mm. It's not um, are there right. punitive damages? Am I guilty? That is not mm. the case. So yeah. Anyway, wow. and he's got this and hasn't he man- been um, complaining and and uh, bad mouthing people on the judge's side? Or I forget what they're called. It's like solicitors or oh, the, people in the, the clerks, judge's office. Mean. You mean the clerk? Yeah, the clerks. That's it. That's the word. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's done worse than that. He's actually put out on his uh, Truth Social uh, bullshit site yeah. Clark's middle name. Yeah, he's, even even yeah. after being barred from talking about it. No, he did, he did that before he was barred, and they they should have just barred him instantaneously. They just yeah. they've given him they have given him so much mm. more rope than any other defendant. That would be going through this. It's 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 so it's mm. so much preferential treatment. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, um, oh, legal analysis, including former federal prosecutor Nima Rahani, expressed skepticism about the defense's chances. She predicts a likely loss for Trump, and uh, terming the trial a disaster from a legal perspective. Well, you've got to be living under a rock to not realise that. So the judge of this fraud case, and Mm. this is probably the one that he would be most upset about because this is the one that stops him doing any business in New York because that's what the fine, Mm. the fine, they're looking at fines of at least, not maximum, at least $250 million. Mm. And there is still, as I said, yep. The jury's still out of whether he can even pay that because you got to think about what he's doing at the moment, right? He's got 90, 91 charges and five indictments or something, and mm. he has to have lawyers for every single one of those cases. Mm. So imagine how much money he's paying lawyers. So that's exactly right. That Imagine <laughs> how much money he's paying lawyers. You're spot on. You're 100% yeah. right. So. Trump's personal uh, attorney general, no, Trump's personal tax on the attorney general, which is Letitia James, um, described as damaging. Uh, Trump's behavior might have led to contempt of court charges if mm-hmm. he lacked Secret Service protection. Trump's acknowledgement of providing input on false financial documents and his conflicting statements weaken his defense. So he's an idiot because because he thinks he's just God, basically. He says things that are ridiculously stupid that are just against him as soon as he says them. And so basically when the judge said, oh, mm. you know, who is responsible for all of your accounts at um, Trump at the Trump organization, he said everybody. So so basically <laughs> he, he's basically said I'm everyone's not guilty. I'm bringing everyone with it, me. That's right. <laughs> so everyone's guilty. So it's just, it is, it is, you got to laugh because it is funny. It really is just ridiculous. Anyway, so um, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump, um, Ivanka, testified attempting to shift the responsibility onto accountants and lawyers. But Nima Rahami notes uh, potential liability for Trump's sons and Trump's organization. Experts criticized the defense for failing to justify the valuations and the undermine the state's case. You can't you can't just value your own property and go, my property's worth a hundred billion. I'm sorry, you have to suck it up. That's what it's worth. So mm. you gotta wonder how many other property developers do something similar anyway. So he's uh, probably just on a on a different scale. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's exactly right. He is on a different scale. And and that's the thing, he is on a different scale. But he's put himself on that scale. So, mm. you know, that's that, that, that's his prerogative. Um, so he just has to suck it up. And he is not liking what is happening. Not surprised. Not surprised. Yeah, that's better. That's what we want to see in, in real life. For that's those exactly listening to the podcast, 
<clears throat> we have Trump behind bars as our backdrop at the moment. Yes, that is exactly what we want to see. No doubt about him. Lock him up. Lock him up. Lock him up. <laughs> but in summary, uh, Donald Trump's business uh, has reached a critical juncture with the defence facing significant challenges after damaging testimonies, i.e. all his kids talking. <laughs> Legal ex uh, experts express scepticism about the defence's ability to salvage the case emphasising the importance of justifying valuations, countering the judge's findings on false documents. Basically, he's absolutely... Um, so there, 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 is, there is no way... Yeah, no, there's no way he can win this. There is no way mm. he can win this. So he's just going to have to um, uh, suck it up. Cough it but, up, you mean? Um, yes, well, absolutely. You're spot on. <laughs> he will have to do that. He will do exactly that. And talking about... Uh, coughing it up. We might uh, cough it up and go to a break, I believe. So we'll be back after this. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. This is Hannah Melville-Ray from the Australia Institute. I'm listening to the new blurt with Wensi and the Kegsta, and you should be too. It's on Tuesday nights, live from around 8pm. The Australia Institute produces high-quality research that has real-world impact, whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. So what good news, uh, pray tell, can you express to the um, blurtsters out there, Wensai? Oh, okay. Um, this one is a local good news, local to Queensland. Um, <clears throat> local yet um, also distant at the same time. All will be revealed in a few seconds. Maria ah. Suarez... <laughs> <laughs> Maria Suarez, who is um, Spanish but um, born here in, in, in Brisbane, uh, she thought she had a very small family. She thought it was just her, her sister and her parents, Spanish father, Croatian mother. Um, but recently, um, Maria, who is a um, Sunshine Coast councillor, um, attended the Local Government Association of Queensland conference, annual conference in Gladstone a few weeks ago, um, where she, uh, where she um, attended and they did a, um, a welcome to country. Oh, yeah. And the welcome to country was performed by Auntie Julie Ingra. And sometime later during the conference, Maria... Uh, went to talk to Auntie Julira um, to uh, to let her know um, how good the Welcome to Country was, and she yeah. she reached she went out to talk to her and and touched her arm to get her attention and said and she said, I reached out to touch her on the arm and tell her what a beautiful Welcome to Country she did, and I introduced myself as Maria. Maria was wearing a, a name tag that had Maria Suarez and Auntie Juliri uh, said, oh, my niece's father was Suarez and said his full name, um, which was then an exact match of Maria's father's name. Um, so they started talking a bit more and um, they worked out that um, her niece, so her sister, Auntie Juliri's sister, who goes by the name of Niola. Um, yeah, so she had a relationship with Maria's father 50-odd um, years ago in central Queensland and had um, Nikki, who is that offspring. Um, and then 18 or, or so months later, Maria was born. So... Um, yeah, so they had that relationship. And so, yeah, they, they started talking and, 
exchanging photos to see, oh, yep, this is definitely my father. Oh, yeah, this is my father too, or, or my my um, ex and stuff like that. So um, so during that night, they ended up talking to Nikki, who was working in Glad um, uh, on the coal mine because she's a coal miner. And, yeah, um, yeah so they, they, they joined together. They started chatting. And then a few weeks later, they finally all got together in real life in Gladstone at, at Nikki's house. Um, and now they've all become closer and now they're all talking about going to Spain and Croatia to meet the other side of the extended family. Maria's met um, all of um, Nikki's siblings and her uncles and so and so, so she's indigenous. Um, I was saying, yeah, so Maria's got, yeah, she's got, did she, and she didn't know that she had any indigenous in her at all until she met on, um, on her Jaliri, yeah. I think it was. Jaliri. Wow. Um, yeah, and Nikki, who was the half-sister, the firstborn of the three sisters, so she'd been searching for decades who her father was, and she'd been looking in Melbourne, Sydney, looking for the same name, never, ever found her her biological father, who has sadly passed away a few years ago, so she never really got to meet him. But the good story, or the good news, I guess, is that, yeah, she finally gets to meet the family that her father also had um, after she, her mother and her biological father split. So, um, yeah, it was quite, um, yeah, lucky that they all met in one spot and, yeah. No, that that's is, quite... no, that's a great story. That's a oh. really, really, and, and and that's what the topic's all about, this segment. Yeah. It's all about good news, and it, that oh. is good news. That, that's a great story. I've got some good news here too, and this one's in Queensland as well. Ooh, okay. So Very much like El <clears throat> Elliot and Darren Stiles are heroes in their community for clearing rubbish debris from the Noosa River on Queensland's Sunshine Coast. Oh, Sunshine but, Coast again. Yes, but when the father and son rescued a $30,000 vintage watch from the bottom of the waterway, they became personal heroes of its grateful owner. Ooh. That's nuts. So Elliot and Darren um, and Michael have been snorkeling together for years. It's not just for leisure. They go up and down the Noosa River dredging all the litter and all the fallen bits fallen from boats and thrown into the, the water, etc. They pulled out bikes and shopping trolleys, fishing gear, uh, plastic pipes, glass bottles. Yeah, you, you name it, they pulled it out type thing. So, but um, it all started uh, years ago when Elliot discovered a GoPro camera while snorkeling. He then put yeah. some of the camera's images up on the local Facebook community page where the owner was discovered and dozens of comments from well wishes and it gave us a bit of a name as the finders of the noosa river <laughs> elliot said um one of the most recent requests came from a desperate river goer who had lost his rolex submariner um a watch he'd owned for 50 years wow um yeah that's nuts isn't it the vintage Ooh. timepiece was worth anywhere from 20 to 30k but the sentimental value of the man having owned a watch for five decades trumped everything. Initially, the mm. prospects of finding the watch seemed good uh, with the trio catching the local tides at the right time of the day. I cannot believe they have found a $30,000 watch at the bottom of a river. That is nuts. Mm. That I'm is curious to know, crazy. was it still ticking? Ah, uh, Good question. Very good. Um, if, it was, if it was that old... It wouldn't be battery, would it? So no, no. Hmm. It's just a matter of can it survive underwater under that pressure, however deep it was, for yeah. an extended period of time. And and we know that um, phones can survive beyond what they're claimed to to be able to stay underwater, like days or weeks even. Um, doesn't mean they all do completely. Yeah. 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 Well, it says here time was ticking for the lost watch, but whether the lost watch was ticking at the time, I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> where's our boom boom tish? 
but after taking after taking uh, the search further downstream, Elliot spotted the treasure glinting in the riverbed. In the riverbed, so um, there is a little show and tell here. But I'll just put the uh, show notes, uh, the link in the show notes, as always, mm-hmm. um, and you can have a look at it yourself. Um, but I think that's just a really cool little story and uh yeah, yeah. so they're called uh, eco warriors um and uh it's definitely uh worth reading about so while elliot sails into broader horizons at home his father and his mate michael will continue to do their part locally and urge others to do the same so but if we all picked up one or two pieces of rubbish daily it would make a huge difference and at the end mm, of the day definitely. it's all about us doing our bit so yes. that is a really really good Good story. I like that one. Very good. I like that one. Yeah, that's very good. Um, So what? No, absolutely not. It's crazy that uh, at the at yeah, still at the bottom of a river. Seriously, thirty thousand dollar watch. Um. Oh, and they've got the yeah. So if you go to the uh, link that will be in the show notes, they've got the guy. Mm -hmm. Who actually got his got his watch? And yeah, I mean, he's oh, nice. a pretty old guy, which he had to be because you know yeah. he's had it for fifty, 50 years. years. But um, but anyway, um, but what we might do is we might go straight into this. Yo, Wolf. Quincy and the Kickster on across the Dutch on New Zealand. If you're landing, yes, um, you are on across the Dutch, as it were, and it is all about uh, New Zealand. If you've ever listened to the segment before, and tonight it's about New Zealand birds, or at least that's what I'm talking about. Do you have a do you have a Kiwi segment tonight, Wednesday? No, I don't. It's no. all yours. Okay. Excellent. So you can just uh, sit back and enjoy because it should be a bit of fun. So a couple of weeks ago, um, New Zealand started having their Bird of the Year slash Bird of the Century um, competition. And John Oliver, if anyone knows who John Oliver is, he is uh, a talk show host slash comedian. Um, he's actually English, but he does. Mm. Uh, uh, he's done most of his good work in America for quite a long time. Mm. He used to be on the Daily Show with um, John Stewart years ago. Oh, okay. And yeah, and he, he was Is that very, where he started in America? Yes, I believe that's where he sort of got his break. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but anyway, he's had his uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, and um, I can't recommend him enough. He's fantastic to listen to. Um, but anyway, I digress as usual. He started talking about Bird of the Year. And the reason he started talking about Bird of the Year is because he came across Bird of the Year um, uh, New Zealand and realised it was a competition. And he realised that there was nothing in the competition saying that people outside of New Zealand could not vote for their oh, favourite right. bird. Of New Zealand. Of New Zealand. Okay, there you go. He read the the rule book. He did. Yep, yep. He absolutely (laughs) did and exploited every loophole he could find. (laughs) And and I'll show you a few things in a minute. It's very funny. And um, before he got involved, and I I won't won't say – yeah, I'll just hold that back in a minute. But before he got involved, normally – they get about 3,000 people that vote uh-huh. for this bird competition. Right. Now, as you know, there's about 4.5 million people in New Zealand. So mm. you can tell how many people are really interested. <laughs> 1 that's, percent of 1 percent. That's not many, 3,000 people. Um, now, New Zealand's got some uh, wicked birds, uh, some really, really cool ones, and there's many that do sound quite the same. They have a kaka, they have a kia, they have a kakapo, they have a, tu- a takahe, I think it is. Yeah, takahe. Mm. Um, 
But the one that he fell in love with was called the Puteki Teki. And mm. he particularly liked the Puteki Teki because he... Say that again. Puteki Teki. He likes <laughs> saying Puteki Teki, as, as I do. It's, it's a good word to say. It, yes, Puteki Teki. It's very, very good. And um, it, it's funny, really, because the way they do their mating dance, you can almost say the name of the bird as they sort of do their dance. It's sort of the same rhythm. It's like Puteki Teki. Puteki Teki. But uh, I do, I do have a little bit of uh, show and tell. So I'll try to get the screen right, and uh, this should be a bit of fun. So, and we need to keep in mind is, that uh, as it yes, as that's right. You you won't you won't need to look too hard. So yeah, okay. So this is the bird bird of the century vote. And I'll explain a couple of things afterwards as well. So just bear with me. This year, New Zealand's Bird of the Year competition will also decide the Bird of the Century. Oh my God! The voting website reveals 75 wacky and endangered candidates with eerily similar names like the Kakapo, the Kokoko, or the Kaka. But as of last Sunday, one particular sad sack received a much improved chance at kicking. All the other birds' cloacas. It feels like your tongue is tap dancing. Yes, US chat show host John Oliver is now the official Puteki Teki campaign manager. I don't just want Puteki Teki to win. In the biggest landslide in the history of this magnificent competition. Counting on a loophole that allows non Kiwis to stick their beaks in, Oliver got permission to promote the goofy looking bird. I don't think they understood quite what they were unleashing when they said, Go for it. <laughs> Oliver has commissioned aeroplane flyovers oh and billboards all This is Mumbai, this is London, this is Tokyo, <laughs> this is the Champs Elysees in Paris. He's also launched this superb website. This is what democracy is all about. America interfering in foreign elections. And the bird voting world has gone clucking mad. I can safely say we are into the six figures now. Six figures? Six figures. Some other birds camps are crying foul. For that time, meddled in US elections. That really ruffles the feathers of the integrity of the Bird of the Year campaign. But organisers are generally chuffed with the awareness that's raised. For example, Jamie Oliver, no relation, is definitely thinking about how he'd spatchcock one as we speak. Poo tacky tacky, pucker tucker baby, get some squawk on your fork. <laughs> so, will John Oliver end up crowning New Zealand's true... Into this a little bit deeper. Jamie Oliver, are you sure you're not related to that man? He is my great uncle, John, <laughs> <laughs> who went rogue in the Victorian times. And uh, yes, no, nothing to do with it. Yeah, so you're not protecting. Uh, um, we'll stop it there because the, the funniest part was the, the part that we just heard. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a wicked, wicked bird. Um, now, I've got some information about the uh, Puteki Teki. Um, I, I just, yeah, I love saying it too. I totally agree with John. Oh. It's just awesome to say. <laughs> now, there's a couple of really particularly interesting things. Absolutely, and the and the lovely the lovely thing about this is um, it has a a really cool mating um, uh, sort of call and system. What they do is mm -hmm. that two of them they get up on their sort of their I don't know their their hind their their hind feet. Is. I don't know. How, yeah. I don't know how that, but they do it. They do it in the water. They like come Ooh. up to their yeah, okay. the fullest extent, and then yeah. they sort of look at each other, and they mm -hmm. sort of puff out their uh, their sort of their throat, and they sort of look at mm. each other, <laughs> and then they sort of look away in disgust. That's that's, <laughs> that's sort of their mating. Um, <clears throat> So it is actually called the Pateki Teki is actually called the Australasian crested grebe. Mm -hmm. And the reason it is Australasian is because it is found in Australia as well. Yeah, same name. And Pateki Teki. Yes. 
No, because Pateki Teki is Māori. So, mm. um, so no, it's his Australasian crested grebe in, okay. in Australia. Now, whether the Indigenous have a name for it, I mm. would be surprised if they didn't because it's probably been around a really long time, I would assume. Mm. It's found quite a lot in the shallow lakes and with fringes of vegetation, basically, country lakes, mm. those sort of things on the coasts as well. But the hilarious thing is, well, it's not hilarious, 82% of New Zealand's birds are on the edge of extinction. Wow. Is that because of um, uh, human movements or what's it called, land clearing and things like that? Yeah, look, I think it will be land clearing. Also, the gun laws over there are nowhere near what our gun laws are. And mm. hunting is much a, a bigger thing over there. But I, I, would, I would know, I would, well, I would, abs- I don't know, but I would assume the Pateki Teki will be protected. I don't think it should, would be able to be hunted, et cetera. But I think yeah. more to what you were talking about land clearing, but it's not just that. They have problems with stoats and they have problems with ferrets and uh, things like this, wild ferrets and stoats, mm. et cetera. And Even possums, they're, they're a nuisance over there, aren't they? Yeah, that, yeah, they are. But, I mean, they're not, you know, they're not affecting the patiki-tiki as such. Mm, right. But those sort of animals are, those sort of rodents, um, you know, ferrets and stoats and those sort of things. Yeah. And because, because they only really have birds in New Zealand, they don't have anything to kill the stoats or the mm. um, ferrets, et cetera. So they have to sort of go out and cull what they can because... Yeah. They've got they've got wild ones now, where as you know in Australia, we'll have something that will probably chomp on a stoat or chomp mm. on a, yeah. um, you know. But still, we've got problems with um, extinction of uh, mm. bird species as well. It's not oh, it's definitely sure. not um, uh, isolated to New Zealand. But um, the campaign itself is is quite funny. Uh, the, the, there's a card on the Bird of the Year dot org dot nz site. And um, it's um, it's been written basically by the John Oliver campaign. And it says, they puke, they do a weed dance before mating, they have great hair, and there are fewer than 1,000 of them left in New Zealand. The poo teki teki isn't just a bird cooler than any of us could ever hope to be. It's a bird that needs our help. So join us and vote for the poo teki teki. Take just one look at its mullet and you'll see the poo ticky ticky is indeed the bird of the century. <laughs> Definitely uh, looks like it, that's for sure. It does indeed. So I would like to take this um, this moment to say that we are fully behind the poo ticky ticky. And uh, is the competition vote. still open? No, it's not. It's closed, uh, it's closed I now. Know. I know. I wanted to vote. Um, they had a fantastic website. It was called votethisbird.com. Mm-hmm. And um, you can still see the website, and I'll put it okay. in the show notes. It's a really, really good website. What and I so do have... Won? Sorry, go for it. Which I don't know. You know oh. no, that hasn't come up yet. But what I didn't tell oh, you before... Okay. I, I was, she mm-hmm. talked about it before, but sucks fuckers. Um, <laughs> so... It used to be, yeah, around about 3,000 because mm. of John Oliver's um, <laughs> contribution. They've got over 100,000 entries. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's definitely putting the bird on the map, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is indeed. It is indeed. So uh, We're going to have to keep an eye on that website and see which, which bird won. Yeah, no, we will. We'll, we'll de- I'll, I'll definitely do that. We'll, we'll definitely make sure we follow up on that. Now, a couple of things I do have. I have, um, I have some sounds that the poo ticky ticky makes, and I got to tell you, they are interesting. Okay. So, so see how you go with this. See if this comes across okay. It, I heard it and thought that is weird. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
it, it, it was almost sultry. I mean, yeah. it was it was uh, it, it was quite weird. It was uh, I've got another just another one as well. Just this one, and then I'm done basically. It has to be close to the last one, but I like the first one in particular. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The, the first one sounds like there's a woman in the background or something going. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe they. I don't know. It's just human sounds. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> weird, man. Very weird. So, a relatively large diving bird with slender neck, sharp black bill, and a head with a distinctive black double crest and bright chestnut and black cheek frills. It carries its young on its back when swimming, which is, yeah. you know, really different. Really different. Mm. Um, yeah. And really nice. Which really what, nice. Which too. is what we saw in the uh, image before. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So, if I can, if I've got an image of mating, I'll show that to you. But. I don't think I do. Oh, yeah, no, I do, actually. So, hold on. I'll see if I can get this up. Yeah. It's not Here a kid's show, so it's okay to show this. Yeah, it is. It's um, <laughs> it's not. It's actually a really nice photo, it's got to be said. It's just like your heart, like like um, swans when they do it in the love heart shape. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're seeing there. It's beautiful, isn't it? Natural heart yeah. in the... Um, in the wild, that's pretty cool. Mm. That is a pretty cool looking bird. I gotta yeah, agree is. with John Oliver. I like it. Yeah. He's on the money. He's on the money. He's on the money. I do like the Malay so, the mullet. Yes, the description. <laughs> the Malay. Yes. Yeah, no, it is a good description, definitely. <laughs> but um so yeah, no, so I, I thought that would be a bit of fun to uh bring to the show tonight. So Mm. There you go. That was good. Cool. That was great. Thank you for that. Techie, techie, techie. Thank you, John Oliver. What a what a brilliant job uh, he did there. So, um, and we await the decision of the masses who voted, and I will assume it was the techie, techie that takes the crown. Well, we hope so, but we will definitely follow, as you say. We'll, we'll see what's Ooh. going on. So. Um, now, what people probably won't realise is that next week will be your last show in this country for six weeks, I believe. That's right. That is absolutely right. We're off on to our annual pilgrimage to another country for December. So off to Thailand and Vietnam this, this time. Um, so we've added Thailand to the list. You must be finding it hard to hold back your excitement, I would have thought. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> It is very exciting. It's got to get this thing uh, called work out of the way. Yeah. Um, which has been a bit yeah. shitty. Yes. But yes, it has. Yeah. It has. But other than that, not long not long to go. Half the family leaves this Friday, um, and then myself and my other son leave next week. So, yes. Oh, right. Okay. So the other ones are going to go this week. Yeah, so Elijah and Kim go this Friday, and oh, next wow. week, wow, next wow. week on Wednesday, they are going to a dog rescue uh, centre in northern Thailand in Chiang Mai, and they will be volunteering for I think it's a week, um, uh, looking after stray dogs and um, injured animal uh, injured dogs that come to their centre. Um, and don't know exactly what they're going to do, but yeah, they'll be there. They've had their rabies shot over the last six months. Um, that definitely was my uh, that was my next question. Absolutely, yes, yeah, because in those countries, rabies is still pretty high. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. So they're prepared. They've done their homework and yeah. forked out a lot of money for those rabies shots. So it better be yeah. bloody worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Did, 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 I, I gather you need to have rabies shots just to go to Vietnam and Thailand. Yeah? Not necessarily, but for a high-risk um, venture like this where you're literally yeah. next to those dogs that are strays, yeah. then, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to. But generally, we've never had it and, yeah. Okay, well, look, have a magnificent oh. Uh, uh, time, uh, say goodbye to uh, the other half and mm -hmm. Elijah. Elijah's going, is that right? Yep, 
correct? To yep. Elijah and Kim. Yep. Okay, have a fantastic time. And uh, I will see you back here next week on The New Blurt. That's right. And I will be here in sunny Brisbane for the last time for the year. Yes, fantastic. So join us uh, next week for Wednesday's uh, last show in Australia for about six weeks. So it should be a bit of fun. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet, but it should be a bit of fun. I'll probably feed you, Kate. That would be a good way. Yeah, probably a good good way to end. Yeah. I would have thought so. All right, people, uh, if uh, you're listening to this on the pod, I hope you enjoyed it. If you listened to this on the video, hope you've enjoyed that as well. We are um, available on Instagram and Twitter and Spoutable as well. Spoutable's getting so much better. Anyway, I will go. Good night. Bye. See everyone. The new blurt is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstarter, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Grass production. It's brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.